Welcome to this very special edition of the Talking Buds podcast, our very first interview, Ryan. The absolute best episode of this podcast, I guarantee it. We are joined by the one and only Mr. David Bastel, co-host of The Morning Show on Saga 960, Sports Interactions, Betting with Bastel, and Inside the Lines on Sportsnet 590 The Fan, also a massive Winnipeg Jets fan. Speaking of the Jets, we get into the Patrick Lyon A deal. We also discuss our early impressions on the Canadian division and play a word association game because we Maple Leaf fans just love making fun of how obsessed we are with this team. Absolutely. And Dave is an absolute legend. Here it is, Mr. David Bastel. Hope you guys enjoy it. Joining us now is the very first guest in Talking Buds podcast history. Well deserved. He is one half of the Raw Mike Richards Show. Great program. Weekday mornings on Saga 960. He is the Bastel in Sports Interactions Betting with Bastel. Betting legend. You can also hear him on Sports Interactions Inside the Lines every Sunday on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Great website. He is a fan of any and all pro sports teams named the Jets. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. David Bastel. All right. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Great to be the first guest, too. That's amazing. You guys have done such a great job, and I'm your first guest. You are. You're the first guest ever. Well, we needed to, before we were able to build our studio space, it was pretty like the background in which I would do the podcast in particular was not very glamorous. I'll okay. admit. It was like, hey, I'm sitting in the middle of my kitchen. Here's my fridge and stove in the background. So <laughs> now that we have the studio space, we can do things like have you on and video Perfect. interviews, so on and so forth. There's no better time to have you on, in my opinion, because we saw a rare blockbuster trade in the NHL just a few days ago. Your Winnipeg Jets sending Patrick Lyonet and Jack Roslovic to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third-round pick. Yeah. I just want to ask, like, just give me your thoughts on it. Like, as a Jets fan, you guys drafted Lion A. We're going to build the franchise around him. He's gone now. Just let, let's hear it. Yeah, well, you know what? It, it is bittersweet. Um, I wasn't surprised by it, to tell the honest truth, guys, because I know in the last couple of years that there was something that wasn't jiving with the Jets and Patrick Line. And, and you do get used to this being a Jet fan of, of do they really want to play here? And it, it was not like that just this time around in this, these couple of years. But even in Jets 1.0 history, there's always the stigma that's attached to your Edmontons, your Buffaloes, your Winnipegs, Columbus, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, teams like that, maybe even Carolina to a point where it's like, I don't know if I want to be in this marketplace and, and they have that bad reputation. Um, so I always sense that with Patrick Liney. Uh, I like what they got in the deal. Did they win the trade? No, they didn't. They didn't win the trade because you're giving away a guy that could be Rocket Richard trophy uh, winner for the next, you know, or at least in the conversation in the next 10 years. Um, Jack Roslovic is a very underrated player that they never utilized because simply they didn't have enough room for him. There wasn't enough uh, space on the wing, and they surely weren't going to put them at center. But they got back a piece they can use. They got back a piece that wants to be in Winnipeg. Mom and dad live in Winnipeg. They've been there for the last four or five years. The sister lives there. He spends his off-seasons in Winnipeg. This guy's a unicorn yeah. when it comes to NHL guys. Guys don't go to Winnipeg in the off-season. They can't wait to leave Winnipeg when the season's over. Yeah. So when I hear you 
pick up a guy like a Pierre-Luc Dubois, you guys know this firsthand. He torched your team in the qualifying round. This yeah, guy's oh, a, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, this guy's a big, strong center, has has the offensive gift, and I don't think he's hit where he's supposed to be yet because he's only 22 years old. Shifley, Dubois, Lowry, that's a that's big some group. Depth. That's a big group down the middle. So I actually don't mind this trade. I'll miss Patrick Line, but I won't miss the three or four week stints that he has where he goes goalless and you don't know where he is. I, I won't miss that part of it. Yeah, I think getting Dubois down the middle is just that's a great pickup for the Jets. And I think when I think back to Patrick Lyon and I think of his game, I think he's the closest thing to Ovi in the NHL right now, minus the physicality. But if you ever gain that part of his game, he has the size. Very similar builds, shot. What was your opinion of his overall tenure as a Winnipeg Jet? I liked it. I think anybody that scores 140 goals in such a short amount of time uh, is is a terrific, terrific talent. Uh, I I already miss it even even after game one because he's only played that one game this year, right? And he's missed the whole handful. And the power play has struggled because it's hard finding a six foot five guy that could rip the shot better than almost anybody in the world on that left side. It, it's just, it's just so hard to, um, it's just so hard to, uh, I guess, imagine that he's not going to be there, but guess what? He's not going to be there. Uh, they're never going to see him again, ex- except in an opposition uniform. But um, you know what? He, he did well in Winnipeg. I think he was underutilized at times because Paul Maurice didn't seem to want to put him on that first line consistently, but in that same notion, when you have a line of Connor, uh, Shifley, and Blake Wheeler, it's hard to fit into that line too, right? That's one of the highest scoring lines in the last number of years uh, out of any NHL team. So um, he, he did well, and I, I wish him good luck in Columbus because he's going to need it. He yeah. doesn't have the offensive talent in, in Columbus, and uh, good luck with your head coach as well because oh, yeah, you thought yeah. Paul Maurice was a problem. Yeah. Yeah, meet John Tortorella. That my first thought when I saw that the trade had been made was, um, I don't know how that's gonna go. Line a with torts, like yeah. you saw how the relationship with Dubois ended. Yeah, like it. I'm sure when he comes in, it's gonna be everyone's gonna say all the right thing, and it's gonna be like what you wanna. It's a honeymoon oh, period, right? Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But uh, I don't know, man. Like. If we get to the end of the season and these guys are still getting along, I'll be pretty surprised. I will too. I, when I, when I was, uh, I, I did a couple podcasts on Saturday when this trade went down and that was probably the number one question I got. Um, the other thing was, and I, and I said, and I'll say it again, if, if Torts thought Pierre-Luc Dubois was lazy, wait till you see 29 when he's on one of his off nights. <laughs> Honestly, he's, he's a statue that looks like you have to move him. Yeah. And because there, there isn't really that much hustle in, in Patrick Line when it comes to uh, I'm not feeling it tonight. And uh, you know what? That's that's what happens with a lot of these big stars, right? You you, you come out and you you know uh, another thing, uh, seven eight goals in nine or ten games, and then the next three weeks he has nothing. Yeah. That's that. It's he's so streaky. And during those times where he has nothing. I want to see what that relationship looks like between coach and player. It it should be interesting. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I just want to touch on one more player on the Winnipeg Jets is uh, Kyle Connor. 
for people who don't watch the Jets on a regular basis, I I pulled up his hockey DB, and he just seems to be getting better every single year. And I feel like no one really talks about him or anything. So what what do you think that other fan bases could learn about Kyle Connor's game and why he's so good and why he's improving so much? Well, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. He is a a pretty good kept secret. He's a first-round pick. We know that. He played in Michigan, uh, a pretty good NCAA hockey program. He always had the knack for scoring, but I always wondered if that game would translate into the NHL because he is a smaller player. He's not a Patrick Liner. I, I think he's about six foot, but he doesn't look six foot. He looks like a John, like a maybe a modified Johnny Goudreau. But man, this guy, this guy has played all throughout the lineup, uh, right wing and left wing, power play time, uh, heavy minutes at times, and maybe the most consistent score. And yes, I include Patrick Liney in that conversation. If I actually had a choice and said, who do you dump first? It's Patrick Liney because Kyle Connor does not go into droughts and does not really get those lazy games in. Uh, I, he's one of my favorite Jets. 55 is my favorite Jet, Mark, Shri- Mark Shifley, because I think he's, he's a future captain. I think he's the centerpiece of the franchise. That includes a Patrick Liney in there. And I think you build around him with guys like Connor. Blake Wheeler's probably going to retire in a couple of years, but you need you need younger wingers like this. And that's why Pierre-Luc Dubois kind of fits in there because he could be a younger Shifley if everything works out. For sure. Um, the next question I wanted to ask you was, like, we're about two weeks into this condensed season and the All-Canadian division. And, like, what's your biggest takeaway thus, thus far? I, I know for us it's the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, uh, they're they're legit. I think. They, but are you surprised by that, guys? Are you surprised by that? I'm surprised at the beginning. Like, I'm surprised at how much they've improved in in one off season and how much bigger and meaner. The I, the Leafs have only played them once, so we've only gotten one real good look at them. But I am surprised at the way their team identity and makeup has changed within one off season. And um, I was on when I was on with you guys a couple weeks ago. I was saying that, you know, like all the prognosticators had the Leafs just winning the division. And I think that is not a given. I think and the Canadians are the type of team, even though the Leafs won the first game, the Canadians are the type of team built to beat the Maple Leafs. They're a type of team that the Leafs struggle with, like a physical big opponent. So for us, it's that's that's my biggest takeaway. And I know that's Ryan's too, is the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I, I'm not surprised by this. Uh, the only thing I am surprised about with the Canadians is how fast they've been able to gel. Because a lot of times, if you get four or five, six different players, uh, kind of different setups on your lines and so forth, it takes a while to gel, not five games. And they, they went in, probably should have beat the Maple Leafs on opening night with all yeah. due, due respect. They go dominate the Vancouver Canucks. They tear up Western Canada. I mean, these guys were on a mission. My, my four playoff teams in the Canadian division, in order, Toronto, Montreal, Calgary, and Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. So right now, those teams are there. Yeah. Uh, Calgary's only played four games, so they're not there statistically, but they're, they're a couple points back with four games in hand. So they're, they're in that mix. Uh, but the Montreal Canadiens, yeah, a much heavier team. I, I wonder if they could sustain this over, over this period of time. But um, going back to your original question, the thing I, I'm actually enjoying seeing the matchups of two or three game series, and they're yes. almost like mini series within the season. One hundred percent. You know, uh, and I, I get up, I get up for old Jets versus Canada games. So 
this is my glory. This is the year I've dreamed about that I never thought I'd ever get. And this is what we're getting. So um, I, I really look forward to it. And uh, I wish this was 82 games. And I kind of wish this was a regular thing. I think I'm of the opinion that I think the NHL will be making a mistake to not make this a permanent thing. Like, obviously, when the league um, resumes, like, post-COVID, sure. you're not going to play within your division the whole time. Right. But I I love just having all the Canadian teams in one division. It's so funny. Like, sometimes, uh, like, after the game's over and the highlights come on, I have this light bulb moment where, like, oh, my God, there's a whole other league. Like, I'm not I, – I am not – at all engaged in what's going on outside the division. I'm just not. Like I said to him I the know. other day, like, oh, here's, here are, here's, what was the game that was on the other night? It was the, the Coyotes and the, the, Golden, the Knights. Golden Knights. And I'm just sitting here being like, I, I don't blame you for not watching that. No, yeah, I know. Give me a better example. And this division, <laughs> this division has made me stay up for that later game. Like, usually I'd be like, oh, Calgary and Edmonton are playing. I, I could skip it, but now it's, it matters so much that I'm staying up and watching those games and they're, and they're great games. Yes. Yeah. They, yeah, they really are. I, I, uh, I, I love it. And, and you know what? You're, you're bang on. It's, uh, it's not like I've forgotten about the rest of it, but my interest level has severely gone down yeah. outside of Canada and the Canadian division has severely gone up. And that's like, including like the Ottawa senators who haven't had the best of starts, but, but even, even, you know, an Ottawa Senators game, I kind of want to see what Shabbat's doing, Norris is doing. Uh, Brady Kachuk's a little pain in the butt, but I want to see what he's doing. And even the new German player that they have in the lineup, whenever he does play, uh, I kind of want to see them. You know, I know they're seventh on the list, but I could not give a rat's ass about the Ottawa Senators yeah. <laughs> this year. And, and, and I'm interested. I really am. Yeah. Yeah, if they if they win ten games this year, they'll be lucky. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and it better not be against you guys too. You guys, <laughs> for some reason, you guys struggle against the Ottawa Senators. I don't get it. I yeah yeah that for again it was just like a guy like Brady Kachuk bringing that style of game that the Leafs have a yeah. hard time handling. And, and even though he's just one guy, like he's the type of guy who can bring everybody into the fight. So that first game of the year where they beat the Leafs, it was just. Like, they just had a momentum and they had some toughness. And I think if he gets going against the Leafs, that's the type of guy who can who can rally a team to beat the Maple Leafs. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, as you know, we are the Talkin' Buds Leafs-themed podcast. So one of my favorite things that I like to do when I talk to a fan of another team is to get their take on these guys that we just obsess over. I know you guys do too. Yeah, yeah, that, that like, podcast. yeah, that we, we as collective Leaf Nation just like nothing else exists outside of these players. So I'm just gonna throw some names at you and just tell me the first thing that comes to mind and what you're thinking yeah. and what you think. Uh, Mitch Marner. Uh, you know what? Uh, kind of fell asleep last year during the qualifying round a little bit. You know that kind of irked me a bit. Um, but you know what? A big time talent. Uh, and we're talking about a top 15 talent in the league. I know he's up there in scoring right now, but when everything's said and done, if he's not part of the top 15 scoring in the league, which is phenomenal for the Maple Leafs, uh, I'd be shocked. I really would. William Nylander. Uh, you know what? I, I, I like William Nylander, but from a Leafs perspective, I look at him as the piece that can be moved for something you really need. Yeah. And your defense 
is something you really need. I'm not saying you're going to get, you're going to score a, a, a frontline defenseman, but you might have to package up. I know it's an old take, but you may have to package a guy like that because he can score 30 goals and he can be a top six forward and a draft pick or something to get something you need. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, they're blessed up front. They really are. Freddie Anderson. <sighs> um, I, I've had a, a, a like hate relationship with Fred Anderson uh, covering this team as much as I have. And, and you guys both know this. I, I used to follow this team on a beat by beat basis before I got into radio. It, I always thought Fred Anderson was going to be the piece that was going to help this team get to the next level. But in the time he's been here with the Toronto Maple Leafs, he has shown to be a very good regular season goaltender, but for some reason that postseason has the hiccup, allows the bad goal. Something, something happens after he makes 30 brilliant saves that this team somehow loses. And you can't place this all on Fred Anderson, but I get the sense, I don't know about you guys, but I get the sense that this is Fred Anderson's last year. And perhaps on that list of wants in the offseason might be a goaltender. I'm kind of surprised they didn't do it this year, to tell you the honest truth, because as you remember in the offseason, there was a laundry list of really good goaltenders yeah. out there. And, I, and there will be coming up too during the Seattle draft because Seattle, as you remember with the golden Knights, they, they have the opportunity to probably draft about five or six goaltenders. And some of those goaltenders may be starters because teams cannot hang on to te- to hang on to goaltenders. Maybe the Leafs tap that market and, and find out what they want. And also consider this Fred Anderson isn't a Kyle Dubas guy. He was inherited by Kyle Dubas. Sometimes that makes a difference. Yes, yes. I I agree with you. I I was shocked that they didn't make a move this offseason because of the wealth of goalies that were available. But I, I, I also agree with your second point that I do think this is his last season between yeah. the pipes. For, yeah, for Dave, I get a little scared with Freddie because I, I try to cheer him on the best I can because of what you just said. It's just if he leaves, then what do they have? I don't want to go back to the James Reimers the Berniers, he may not be taking them to the next level, but he's still good enough to get them to a certain level. And I just don't, they have no one coming up and they're going to have to make a significant move to get him. So it kind of frightens me to see a Maple Leaf team without Freddie Anderson, especially if they don't go out and get somebody who, who's good enough to replace him. And that might be just, just the scenario, right? It, it might be, it might be uh, a guy that you have to pull a trade. You, you have to make a deal to bring in a goaltender because you don't have in the system. I always thought, and, and I was kind of high on him when they selected him, but I thought Joseph Wall was going to turn out to be something. Uh, I haven't given up on him at all, but you'd think by now he'd start to crack through. You know, like you guys remember, uh, and I, I remember this because I was actually on the beat when it happened, uh, Tuka Rask and Justin Pogge were ready. We're ready to make the jump. The Leafs thought Justin Pogge was the guy, so Tukarask leaves, and, well, we know what happens there. Yeah, no. Pogge comes in and fails, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, saying, I'm not saying they're in that situation where, where they have that type of goaltending depth where you're like, okay, we've got the starter for the Canadian juniors and maybe the best European prospect goaltender in a long time. Where are we going to go with this? Um, so they don't have that scenario, but you know what? There's, there's always a goaltender to be grabbed. There's always a goaltender that a team has given up on. Uh, and, I, and I think they, I think they'll be able to fill that position within a trade. And it's probably not going to cost them as heavy as it would. If you wanted to bring in a top defenseman. Austin Matthews. 
top five player in the world. Yeah. Top five. My only thing though, and you guys aren't going to like this. <laughs> I'm not sure if Austin Matthews is here after the contract. I, I'm really not. Yeah, I don't. Here's my, here's my take on that. I don't disagree with you, but it, I do disagree when people say he'll, he'll want to go home to Arizona. It's mm. like one thing we've learned about Austin Matthews since we've been here, he likes being a celebrity. He likes yeah. being boys with Bieber. He likes being big time. So if he was going to leave, I could see him leaving to become a New York Ranger, sure. an, L, an LA King uh, a Pittsburgh Penguin, like another big, like a, a big U.S. market that cares about hockey. Sure, I, I don't see him going to play in front of six people in Arizona. Yeah, no matter, uh, no matter what his emotional ties are to the market. And let's be honest, guys. Um, how long is the Phoenix slash Arizona Coyotes actually going to be in that market? Yeah, I, I, you know, like they, they've been hanging on by a thread for so long, and they've had countless owners come in and out they've had more owners than they have like goaltending combos you know what i mean and it's like can you can you really sit there and tell me by 2024 there'll still be a team in the desert named the coyotes i yeah i don't even know if you can say that right that's an x factor as well well my hot take of hot takes is even though the contract length isn't the same I don't think Connor McDavid's re-signing with the Edmonton Oilers if they keep continuing on this track. And he's yep. kind of around my age group. And I know a lot of people who have connections with him. And he's got a big cottage up in Muskoka. He's got properties here. And I, I'm starting to think that maybe if you if you were to wish that that maybe could happen. Because I know he loves being in Toronto. Yep. Yeah. And not surprising at all. I remember, I remember a couple of years before John Tavares was almost the free agent. And, 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 and even, and even, you know, obviously before that it was Steven Stamkos who, who last minute decided to run away from the heavier contract with Toronto, but whatever. I, I look at the Tavares situation similar to the McDavid situation. And I, I would be shocked if Connor McDavid wasn't a Toronto Maple Leaf before his career calls it a day. I just don't know when it's going to be. Yeah. So here's a, here's a bit of a different one. Um, Kyle Dubas. Oof. Um, well, uh, I, I thought when, when they had to make the decision between the three horses, uh, I thought Lou Lamorello was going to be the extended general manager. I really did. Um, I know Lou is a little cap heavy at times where he, he does certain things and sometimes he overspends, but, and other times he'll, he'll get players for what they're supposed to be. And I, I wish personally, you know, watching a Maple Leaf team that Lou Lamorello was in charge of the re-signing of Mitch Marner and Lou was in charge of the Austin Matthews extension because I think those guys would still be in place. And I think those guys, they'd still have money to work with. Yes. Um, that, that would be my thing. Uh, you know, Kyle Dubas hasn't done a bad job, uh, but I, I think he was a silver medalist that won that event just because of, you know, Brendan Shanahan who wanted uh, his guy, because remember, it was Brendan Shanahan who hired Kyle Dubas first before Lou Lamorello came in. It was a weird system, wasn't it? When you look at it, yeah. Shanahan gets the coach, gets this guy, that's that guy. And then all of a sudden it's, oh, it's Lou Lamorello. It's like there has to be a pecking order that yeah. you have to hire guys from. Now they have it in order. They really do because Dubas is Sheldon Keefe's guy. 
uh, or other way around, I should say. And, 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 and Dubas is obviously the Shanahan hire. So it makes sense. But for a while there, that was, that was really out of whack. I didn't, um, Shani block him from interviewing in Colorado too. I'm Colorado. Like, yes. Yes. So and when, yeah, that's and when you sense that, when you sense that you almost think to yourself, well, if you're going to do that, then there must be a position at the end of this line for, for a Kyle Dubas. And sure enough, uh, he was right. Um, before we let you go, last question for you, non-hockey related. Okay. Who's your Super Bowl pick? Oh, geez. Um, because because I may be able to get points out of this, because I got to wait for it. I'm waiting for the hook. And what I mean by that is the three and a half points. Yeah. And if I get the three and a half points, which I think I'll be able to do, because I, I have a feeling there could be some Chiefs money. Um, I'll take Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh, plus, oh, plus there you go. three and a half points. That nice. is key. That is yeah. key. Yes. I'll share a story with you. My little one is in junior kindergarten. My older one's in grade two. She, she made this picture of what looked like it was a dog. It clearly didn't look like a dog. She's a terrible artist. got to work on that. No, I'm just joking. And underneath the first word that that the teacher was teaching at the time was goat and she writes goat and she hands it to me and i i said this is fantastic what is this and she says it's the goat and i said it's tom brady and she said yeah oh that's awesome she doesn't know who tom brady is it was she was just agreeing with dad but it was funny i have it on the side of my desk i haven't lost a tampa bay bat since she did it and that's been three games yeah and at sports interaction I have a futures bet that I made in March at plus 2,200 for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> and that was way before the, so there's so many different karma things that are happening. And I'm, I'm a little believer in that too, where it's like too many things are adding up here. Yeah. Should Tom Brady win this game? No, no. Patrick Mahomes is like the, the, the new King, right? It's yeah. almost like watching Michael Jordan against LeBron James, but Michael Jordan is in his 40s and LeBron James is just starting off as a young Cavalier. That's that's kind of what we're seeing. And yep. it's, it's almost like video games where it's like, yeah, you can play this superstar from the past against this guy today. I mean, this is this is going to be phenomenal. What do you guys have quickly? I know you guys are running out of time here, but who do you have in the Super Bowl? Well, R- Ryan picks with his heart. Okay, Which, if that's I can fair. speak for well, it. Yeah, I'm yeah. taking the Bucks. I have to. I just, it, it's hard to bet against Brady, even though you look at Mahomes, though, and, and people bring up all these Brady stats of him going to his 14th uh, NFC title game and going to his 10th Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes is three years in. He went to three AFC title games. They should have yeah. won. They maybe should have won the one against the Patriots that one year. So he could have been to his third Super Bowl already. But the Chiefs are just, it's a tough one. The Chiefs are so stacked. Yeah. They're just so good. It's it's going to be hard to – I'm going to be a last-minute better on that one. Last yeah. minute. Dave, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'll never bet against the GOAT, but it's still a little too soon for me to talk about this. Yeah. Like, I watched my team throw up all over themselves on Sunday. I know you did. I and, know we were thinking about you here. It was disappointing, uh, man. I I actually – I actually had a ton of people that were betting Packers and I'm yeah. like, okay, well. Yeah. Oh no. Like I just, the, the all the talk has been about, you know, Lafleur opting to kick a field goal. And it's like, none of that would have happened if you capitalized on 
two of the three interceptions that you got and exactly. didn't go three and out. None of that wouldn't happen if Mike Pettin's incompetent defense didn't give up a touchdown with 13 seconds or whatever it was at the yep. end of the first half. So it's just, I I know we're talking about the Bucks in the Super Bowl here, but I'm officially got to the point with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers where I don't care if you're in an NFC championship game. I'm not going to get hyped. I'm not going to get excited. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And and the other thing you guys are missing, mom's a Brady fan. So how could yes. you bet against your mother? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, he follows in her <laughs> footsteps. And I, I will defend my mom and Ryan that they have been with Brady like since he was drafted. Like this is not a bandwagon that they jumped on like five years ago or whatever. Like he, they have, my mom has watched just about every Tom Brady snap since he came into the league. Yeah. 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 It's been a, it's been a good, good choice of a guy to cheer for. Let's yeah. say that, but you have to defend yourself a lot to other people because <laughs> you're just constantly a, being called a bandwagoner and it's, it's tough to defend yourself, but I don't care, man. He's, He's like the athlete of my lifetime, you know. I, I just yeah. I'm obsessed with the guy. I love him so much. And a, and as a New York Jets fan, he has crushed <laughs> oh. my team religiously, <laughs> like like year in and year out. Uh, I mean, my wife has uh, has taken me to numerous Jet games when we don't have the kids because you know New York's such a short flight in that. And and you wanna you wanna see Tom Brady. You wanna see him in the flesh, right? You. But every single time we used to go down there, Tom Brady would mop the team up and somehow you'd almost think you know some of those rex ryan defenses were so close but then at the very end it's yoink and the game is over kind of yeah. thing but yeah respect the talent and he really is the man though he's, he's yeah. kind of a dude and i kind of like that yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah 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 anyways dave thanks so much for coming on today man Love it. Hope to do it again with you sometime. I'm always available for you guys. You know awesome, buddy. Oh, thanks, Appreciate man. it. Appreciate thanks. it. Thanks. It's already our favorite okay. guest on yeah, the show. Already, yeah, you are the best <laughs> guest we've ever had. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I'm going to put that on my Twitter bio. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, buddy. Thanks, Catch guys. Time. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent. Almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. everywhere the imagination dares it's for the open-minded the pleasure seeker it's jeff woods with the new podcast about relationships and sexuality theme-based with special guests blue hotel hotline at every episode climaxes with an adult bedtime story get a room and listen in at the blue hotel Begins Friday, September 23rd.